Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. give God some praise right now that he is our comforter in time of need that we have peace from our God in times of chaos in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen it's so good to be in the house of God today amen 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 after spending the last 10 weeks at home and then finally, last week, being able to step into the, the house of God, it's, uh, it just gives you a new appreciation for some things. Sunday naps. Sunday naps, I have a new appreciation for those Sunday naps. Sleeping in and getting online service, I didn't have to worry about Sunday naps. Last week, I needed a Sunday nap. Things like uh, putting on dress clothes. That's something I forgot I appreciated. I don't know about anybody else. I had to knock some cobwebs off the old suit, suit section of the closet. I had to take the mothballs out of the pockets. I had a, I have a new appreciation for that. Um, I appreciate just being here, looking across this room and seeing everybody. Seeing smiling faces and masked faces. It's, it's just good to be it's good to be in the house of God with people who are like-minded. Amen, amen. Don't get me wrong, over the last 10 weeks, we've seen God still working. And in Jess and I's house, we were still feeling the presence of God. And we were still seeing God move. We were still seeing God's spirit being poured out and people being filled with the Holy Ghost in this time of separation and social distancing. We were still seeing people being baptized. And I thank God for the things that were happening in that extended period of being away from each other. And I can, I'm excited and I, and I appreciate the things that God was doing. But let me tell you how much I appreciate the feeling that is in this room. This feeling that I have right now, that being in this room with like-minded people who are in one accord, who are here to worship, who are here to enjoy the sweet surrounding presence of God. In Jesus' name, can we just give God a hand clap of praise one more time? Thank you, God, for the ability to be in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the last thing that I would like to say, I'm getting to my scripture right after this. I, I promise you're not going to stand much longer. But the last thing that I would like to say and I would like to do is give honor to our pastor uh, and his family. I I thank him for the opportunity and for trusting me today to speak to you all. And uh, if you guys were not here this morning at the 10 o'clock or were not watching on the live stream, I suggest, actually I, I demand, I don't know if I have the ability, but I demand that you go watch this morning's service and, and hear the word that pastor preached. It was a powerful and anointing word that was perfectly said for the time of which we're living in right now. And I just wanna say thank you pastor for the wisdom and all the things that have been going on. Thank you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a, a pretty open. I'm terrified to have to preach behind pastor, especially with him here. 
but it's not fair that he preached that word. Like this mic is still hot from this morning. Like I'm not kidding, it's burning my hand right now. But with all that being said, I've, I've been prayerfully considering the word in which I feel God has given me for this church today. Over the past week, God has been leading me to the book of Romans, and that is where we'll be getting our scripture from. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Romans chapter 4? And we'll be starting at verse number 16. Now, I didn't talk to pastor today, and I didn't tell him that we should sing in, after the first service anything about Father Abraham. But I took that as confirmation. So let's all march as we read the scripture. I'm just kidding. Uh, verse number 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure that uh, might be sure to all the seed, not to only that which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Verse 19 says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in his faith, giving God the glory. Verse 21, and this is where I'm stopping, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he also was able to perform. That was from the, K, uh, the KJV. I'm going to now read the last two verses from the ESV. I really like this translation. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So I do not have a title for today, but the thought that I want to share is about when God gives you a promise. So if you all bow your heads with me and pray in Jesus' name, let's just prepare this place for a move in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me today, God. Lord, that this word that you've given me, God, is for someone in this room, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that I would be a mouthpiece for your spirit to flow out of in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that there would be authority given in the spirit today. God, I pray, Lord, that our faith would grow today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I thank you, God, for your grace. I thank you, God, for your mercy. In Jesus' name, can we all give God a hand clap of praise. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You may be seated, but if you promise not to stay that way, <laughs> don't leave me hanging. Um, now, I, I've struggled as I prepared this in 
feeling as though it may come off as teaching instead of preaching. And then in other ways, I'm like, no, this is a, this is a hot word. This is something that I'm going to be spitting all over the place and just throwing down. And then the next time I read it and go over my notes and prayerfully consider what I have down, it's like, no, nah, this, is, this is teaching. So I can't tell you exactly if this is going to be teaching or this is preaching, but I can tell you that this is what I feel God has for someone in this place. So if we were to now look at the, the, the word that, that sticks out to me is promise. The word promise is mentioned 50 times in the scripture. And if, uh, uh, if you were to take a study of the entire Bible, out of the entirety there is 3,570 promises that were made. The very first promise that was made was in the book of Genesis in chapter 3. And the very last promise that was made in scripture was in the book of Revelation in chapter 22, verse number 20. Which if you know how many chapters and verses off the top of your head, I congratulate you in Revelation. But if you didn't know, this is the second to last verse in all of the Bible. And God's one last promise that was there is, surely I come quickly. So from the beginning and to the end, promises were made. There were several different types of promises, though. There's the promise that a man would give to a fellow man. Or the types of promises that a man would give to God. These are good things. Promises are always good things. But these things fail in comparison to the promises that God makes with man. See, the difference between the promise of a man and a divine promise from God is like the scripture says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. So when God makes a promise, when he says that there is something that he is going to do, we don't have to worry about if it will happen. We just have to worry about when it will happen. Because God, not say, God does not say things with an aloof attitude. God says things with intention. God said things that have purpose. God says things that are going to come to pass. Because God doesn't promise you one thing and forget because he got busy doing something else or busy somewhere else else or busy with someone else like whenever I tell Jess at 11 o'clock at night when she tells me the trash is full I promise I'm going to take it out in the morning and then the morning comes and uh, I have every intention of taking out to the trash but once I take Hoosier out and he goes he does his business and uh, we live in an apartment so I have to clean up his business uh, once that's done, then I come in and, you know, I, I got to feed myself. I got to primp and press my hair and get, make sure my toupee is looking just right and all these different things. I, then finally, before I leave, I brush my teeth and then I pick up my keys. I grab my phone. I grab my wallet and it's out the door. I don't mean to forget to take out the trash, but Jess always reminds me whenever I got home, you told me you were going to take out the trash. And I'm, I, I, uh, I made a vow to Jess whenever we got married that for a bunch of different things, but I didn't vow that I would take out the trash at 11 o'clock at night. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did promise you that, and I'm sorry that I failed, but it, it wasn't anything on purpose. It was just that I'm a man, right. 
that I had every intention of doing that and every intention of making my wife happy and taking out the trash, but I allowed other things to get in the way and the other things like a good night's rest and uh, the, the complications of having to be at work at a certain time in 12 different areas across the state of Southern, uh, Southern Maryland. It's just not, uh, I just forget, I'm a man. I have corrected myself, though. Instead of waiting till morning, at 11 o'clock at night, I do take out the trash. It's scary. I make lots of noise as I step up to the big dumpster. If there's any raccoons in here, you better be careful. I got bags. I've learned from my mistakes, though, as only a man can do is just learn from their mistakes. But you see, that is not how God operates. When God makes a promise, it is so. And if you were to look throughout the entirety of the scripture, there's so many promises that were made. So when God promises that we are his, let, me know, or let you know this, it is so. You are his. So when God promises us that uh, there is forgiveness for your sin, let me tell you, it is so that there is forgiveness of sin. When God promises that there is going to be a deliverance from temptation, it is so. When God promises that there is sustaining grace, it is so. When God promises that there is a provision for every single need that you have, let me tell you, it is so. And when God said that whosoever shall believe in me shall never perish, but they shall have eternal life, let me tell you, it is so. So we can be fully persuaded that what God has promised he is always going to be able to perform. That whatever God has promised you in your prayers, it is so. So we can be fully convinced that God is able to do exactly what he promised it he would do. There is not a time that God has given a promise, that God has said something to you in prayer about something, that it has not been so. Do not waver from the fact, just because it hasn't happened in your timing, that the promise will not come to pass. Because let me explain something to you, and this is where I feel a little teachery, that it's an equation. And uh, the way I could set this up is that in, in math, uh, when you first learn mathematics, you learn 1 plus 1 equals 2. Then you learn 2, 4, all these things. And then we go to more advanced things. So let me show the first part of the equation is the promise and letting you know that the, the word of God cannot fail and it will not ever cease to be true. So that is a part one of the equation. But then Romans, as we read at the beginning, that Romans verse 418 begins to show the life-giving power that was accomplished because Abraham believed. That when God spoke to Abraham a promise, when God said, Abraham, I will make thee the father of many nations, nation hams, uh, Abraham believed. And then verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now when he was dead at around 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So being a hundred old years after a lifetime of never being able to bear children, God now gives Abraham and Sarah this promise 
of becoming the father of many nations. When God made this improbable promise, Abraham could have looked in the mirror and said, nah, son, that ain't happening. Like, I'm 100 years old. That ain't happening, man. But he could also be like, I, you know, I'm 100 years old. You seen her? She's old too, man. That could have been what he did. But uh, he, it was not the smart thing to do. As a man, he should have learned. Uh, uh, he could... He could have judged the situation from the perspective of a promise made by man and looked at the variables of the surrounding circumstances and understood that if this was a promise made by man, man, this ain't happening. This is, it's just, it's not going to happen. We've accepted it. I'm 100 years old. I'm wise enough to know that it's not going to happen. But instead, he knew who made that promise. He knew that God had said it, so it is so. But simple belief does not make the promise come to fruition. See, faith believing does not make the promise of God just magically appear. See, James uh, James 2 verse 26 says that faith without works is dead. Now hold on to your seat for this because Abraham and Sarah had a miracle baby. But they did not have immaculate conception. If you know what I mean. Abraham and Sarah had to put their faith into action. And now I'm telling you today that there is promises from God that have been given to people in this room and in this place today. There is promises that God has spoken to you through your prayers. There's promises of people coming back to church. There's promises of people being saved. There's promises of revival that have been said to this church. And it may seem that if we were just uh, getting these promises from a man, it's pretty bleak right now. Everything around us seems to tell us that this is not a time for revival. But whenever we look at what God has been doing in our quarantine, whenever we look at God's been pouring out that spirit upon all flesh, that this is not a time for a man-made promise, but we know that in the time where God has promised, there is a spiritual outpouring waiting. In Jesus' name, that there is something waiting for the activation of your faith. It is not enough just to believe, but you have to now put your faith into action. Now is the time to tart, to tart, start, 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 start. Now is the time to start taking steps in faith. Now is the time to start activating the things that God has promised with active faith. With active faith. Not dead faith. Dead faith is just believing but not doing. We need to get action in our spirit. We need to get a little drive in our spirit. We need to think that, oh, God, you said this to me, but I'm going to make sure this happens. God, that you said that you were going to give me a new job. I'm not going to wait for this new job just to offer. I'm going to start applying. I'm going to start doing things to open up those doors. Because, God, you said it, so it is so. And if I believe that if you said it, God, I'm going to do everything I can until I see the promises that God has for me come to fruition now it is time to start activating the promises of our faith now I didn't preach for a long time I I don't know if I even got it across to everybody that I feel needed this correctly but if you would stand with me now I want you to think back on the things that God has 
God has done in your life, or God has promised through prayer? And what is that next step that activates that promise? If God has said that, that some things are going to happen, I, I know we're not allowed to come down to the altar, but I wonder if you would take that step of faith in your pew right now. I wonder if, if right now would be that time. If right now would be that time where it comes not just a promise. Because if you look at the, the definition of what a promise is, I don't know that off the top of my head, I thought I knew it. Uh, it's, there's expectation by performance. Things will be done by expectation by performance. So if this has been said, that God will do this for us, it is up to us to start the performance. And I'm not telling you that you need to have a, a performance prayer right now or anything like that. If you feel led to do some backflips, do it. But I mean more that you need to start activating your faith. You need to start raising your hands. You need to start welcoming God into situations. You need to start letting God work through your activity. In Jesus' name, if we would all just raise our hands. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So